Thank you for choosing Macabre today. Please remain seated and strap in during the duration of this episode. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and we hope you enjoy your time with us. And remember, listener discretion is advised. This yeah. is this is our first listener tale episode. I know. I'm so excited. Me too. Me oh. too. Are we recording? We are. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, hey, then I can say it. Uh, <laughs> we've been wanting and begging in like every episode to be like, hey, guys, we really want to hear from you. So um, <laughs> we're not just saying that to say that. Like, we really do mean it. And the fact that we have people contact us with their stories for our spectacular spooktacular I am so spectral. over the moon. Spectral. spectral. Oh. I'm so excited. I can't even talk. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so over the moon about this. I fucking love hearing from you guys. This is awesome. So I cannot wait to dig into this shit. What do we say? Spectral. Spectral. Spectacular. Spectacular. Yes. Don't listen to me. <laughs> spectral. Spectacular. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. That's the, the title of the episode. I'm gonna. I had to write that Woof. down. <laughs> yeah, say that three times fast. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Neither can I. I can't even say it once. Slowly. So, I'm really excited because when listeners hear the actual voice recording of other listeners, they're gonna see why we have been so excited about this. Yes. And then they're gonna want to send in their stories too. At least that is my hope. We have ideas for the future also. This isn't going to yeah. be the only time we do this shit, so. No, definitely not. Yeah. Well, what do you say we just, like, dive, we just dive right in? We're going to dive into this. We're going deep. <laughs> We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> so it. the the first listener tale comes from, her name is Jen. Uh, she is actually one of my coworkers. So thank you, Jen, for submitting this story. Thank you, and, Jen. Yeah, so we're basically gonna play the stories, and then we're gonna we're gonna do some reading of some accounts that were submitted by email, and we're just gonna talk about each one afterwards, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So you kind of get to listen. And I don't know the stories that Blair collected, and she doesn't necessarily know the stories that I collected. So we are hearing those stories also for the first time. Yes. We're keeping it surprising here. So grab your popcorn and your Halloween candy and maybe a drink, depending on where you're at, because, ooh, it's a good. Grab your spirits, people. Grab yeah. your spirits. <laughs> it's getting spooky in here. All right. So let's do this thing. All right, listeners. So we're going to start with Jen's story. My story begins when I was a young child. About the age of six or seven, our family of five, my parents, myself, my older brother, and my baby brother, lived in a small town of only 3,000 people. My scope of the world was still small, and I didn't know much about the paranormal, but I definitely was aware that another plane existed, one that we can't see. I remember going to bed one night, after a normal day and normal evening, and... I fell asleep without a care. Suddenly, around 1 or 2 a.m., I awoke to the sound of a young child screaming, Mommy! Mommy! Help me! 
I jumped out of bed and ran to my mom and dad's room. I could still hear the crying. I went to my mom's side of the bed and I shook her awake saying, Mom, Sam needs you. I yelled, thinking it was my little two-year-old brother crying out for her. She turned over to me and I will never forget this feeling. She said, Samuel is sleeping right next to me. The crying I heard suddenly stopped. My mom got up with me to help me calm down, and as we stepped outside for fresh air, we could smell a thick, heavy smoke lingering. Okay. (laughs) Creepy, right? Yeah, that's so creepy. And then you want to know what happens next, right? Yes. Jen did a great job also of just narrating that story. Yeah. Telling you fucking rocked it. Yeah. So when I first heard it, I was like, I want to know what happens next. You know, I Mm want to know like a little bit more context. So I actually reached out to her and get this. So this story takes place near Lafayette, Oregon. It's like a tiny little town in Oregon, which was about 10 minutes away from where I used to live. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know this, but the town of Lafayette allegedly has a curse on it. What? Yeah. So the town of Lafayette is said to have a curse uh, that was placed on it in the 1800s. There was a woman that was accused of witchcraft and was hanged for her crimes. Before she died, she placed a curse on the town that it would burn down three times. Since then, it has burnt down twice. What? And her ghost supposedly roams the cemetery where she was hanged. And my friend who submitted this story was living in Lafayette when she had this experience. That is creepy. So it's like she was picking up on, you know, one of those past events of that town burning down. Was her mom hearing this too? Or was it just her? Yeah, it was just her. And I, you know, she was young when this happened. So Mm -hmm. she was just one of those, you know, how kids are more impressionable, I think, to having these experience experiences. Mm -hmm. So once I got the context, I was like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, all right, move over, Samuel and mom. I'm getting between you. (laughs) Sleeping in here tonight, too. (laughs) Yeah. If I ever get back that to that area, though, I'm definitely going to go check out that cemetery. I didn't yeah. realize it. I missed an opportunity for sure. You have to cover that in a hometown macabre. Cut, yeah. Ooh. I'm sure there's... But yeah, the fact that it's burnt down twice already. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to live there. Right? No, thank not, you. Not trying to be there for the third episode. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I think our next tale is uh, yours that you're reading, right? Yes. You, tell us all about that. So we have our listener, Amy, who submitted quite a few. Uh, She's got two accounts from family trips that are short, and then she has one that happened to her in college. Thank you so much, Amy, for telling me all of this. And for those of you who listened to our O is for Ouija and Other Cursed Objects episode, Amy did have a story in that episode with her friends where they did a seance in a college campus building's basement where someone had died. So this is another tale 
from when she attended UW Stout in Wisconsin. So Amy's story is, this happened when I went to UW Stout my freshman and sophomore years. I was spending the night in my friend's dorm room since her roommate was away. It was homecoming weekend. It was typically it was a typical night. We were having a great time. I crashed on the futon that was below my friend's bed. An hour after we went to sleep, I heard and felt movement coming from my friend's bed above me. There were footsteps coming down the side. I heard the footsteps walk out of the room and unlock the dorm door, open it, and shut it. I thought it was my friend using the bathrooms, but I never heard the footsteps come back. Come to find out, my friend never left. She was asleep the whole time. So whatever was up there, we don't know. But it was in bed with her. Mm. This wasn't... hmm Yeah. And this wasn't the only experience that happened in this dorm room. I didn't ever feel uncomfortable, though, with the footsteps until later. We knew there was a ghost in that room after what happened freshman year with the footsteps and other things happening. So my friend decided to bind the ghost to something to take it to her next dorm room sophomore year. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, she decided to use a plastic skull to bind it to. The ghost was no longer playful it was so not happy with her loud pounding noises started coming from everywhere around the new room one day on my friend's desk she found so backstory about my friend she had a thank you note from one of her favorite authors from one of her favorite book series that really meant a lot to her that she kept on her desk my friend woke up one day to find that that was in a different spot on her desk and it had a clear, goopy substance on it. It didn't Ew. have a smell. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a smell or anything, but it was definitely weird. Like what you would think of like ectoplasm, something. It was just really gross. Uh, but clearly something happened to it. And this object meant a lot to her. So she kind of took this as a, a sign. But things kept happening to get her attention. So finally, she gave up on the whole idea of keeping the ghost. So she finally did release it from the skull. And after that, there was no more activity. For listeners, again, if you do remember Amy's seance episode from episode O, this is one of her friends that helped her with that seance. Moral of the story, don't try to bind a ghost to an object and move it. Yeah, exactly. Don't ever do that because guess what it's in a specific spot for a reason like it's gonna get pissed you know ghosts are scary enough like Mm -hmm. even the ones that aren't trying to be scary are like nobody expects ghosts (laughs) yeah exactly just like no and uw stout is known to have some weird stuff anyway we grew up in that area and it i mean Wisconsin. What can I say? But it's just Wisconsin. Yeah, just just weird. <laughs> Which funny story. I'm gonna actually end with another for Amy's stories. I'm gonna end with another tale that came from the same town that UW Stout's in. But we're gonna talk about her time uh, going to Graceland next. Oh, so, interesting. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be an interesting one to talk about after. 
Amy says, when I was eight, we went on a family vacation and one of the spots that we stopped at was Graceland. My grandma loves Elvis, so it was a must. It was a really interesting house. I'm going to say this now. I didn't feel anything in the house, but when we got to the hotel room that night, I couldn't sleep. Now, that sounds really stupid, but I felt like a presence was in the room. And don't ask me why, but I felt like it was Elvis. Just watching me, not doing anything else. And this happened for a few hours. I tried going to sleep and I would be up every 10 minutes feeling the exact same way. I never felt threatened, but I kept feeling like I was being watched. And for some reason, I kept feeling like it was Elvis. I don't know why. I don't have any explanation. How old was she? She was eight. Yeah. So was it actually something from Graceland or was it something in the hotel? Whatever it was, it liked little girls. Yeah. And she couldn't shake that feeling for a few hours and she kept waking up. So, uh, that that, uh, gross. I, I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah. Sounds like she's pretty sensitive to stuff. Yes. She, she is has so many stories. Yeah. There were other ones too, but I, I narrowed it down to the ones that we talked about between O and this one because yeah, she she's had some really weird experiences. But the last one that Amy has that kind of wraps up with her family trips, but also involving UW Stout in the area that is Menominee, Wisconsin. This was back when she was in college again. So it was happening the same years that her friend was dealing with a ghost in a skull. And she says, when I was in college, my family came down for one of the family weekends and we decided to go to a theater called the Mabel Tainter. Now for our Wisconsin listeners, if you're from this area in Menominee, you probably have heard of the Mabel Tainter. It's got a story of its own. We took the tour and we talked about this history of the theater and the family that originally owned it. They also talked about their daughter, Mabel, who died when she was 19 years old. And the guide said that there is a lot of haunted activity in the theater that usually involves Mabel. When we left the theater, my sister said, wouldn't it be funny if Mabel showed up in one of the pictures we took? We took a family photo in front of the theater before we left. Later, when we look back at our photos, like a ways later, in the background, in our family photo, there was a girl in the window. I think it might have been Mabel. Maybe she heard us. Oh, I got goosebumps. I know. I asked, uh, I did ask Amy if she would be willing to share that photo with us so we could post it. Um, she's still asking her sister for permission. So, okay. If that does happen, listeners, we'll we are it. definitely going to post that picture. Yeah. Well, speaking of theaters, this next story was submitted by one of our very active. Um, listeners in the private Facebook group, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. Yay, Natalie. Thank so you. It, it's, this also takes place in a theater. Hey there, I'm Natalie from Wisconsin, and I wanted to share my not-so-spooky ghost stories with you. I have two stories that are about a year apart, but both happened in the same room in the theater at Beloit College. My junior year, I was approached to stage manage the fall show. I was honored. Of course I said yes, and I knew I would do the job well, though I was super stressed. I also worked in the costume shop, sewing costumes, so I was always in the theater. 
The play was staged in the Black Box Theater, and the box for the stage manager and light and sound operators was in a room that housed prop storage at the time. This room had a huge sliding glass window overlooking the Black Box Theater. The rest of the room was filled with shelves and racks of furniture and everything else imaginable. During the second or third production, I was feeling knotted up in my shoulders and I really wanted a massage. That's where I carry my stress after all. I offhandedly mentioned this to the guys working in the booth with me and we all agreed that we could use massages. This play had a long stretch when no cues were called. So my light and soundboard operators went downstairs to use the restroom and grab us all something to drink. I was alone in the room watching the show through the glass. All of a sudden, I felt a mild pressure on my shoulders. This pressure intensified, but never felt scary or overwhelming. It was just calmly happening, and I knew it was the theater ghost giving me a massage. When I heard footsteps on the stairs of the guys returning, the pressure slowly lifted. I quietly said, thank you, and smiled. When the guys were back, I told them what happened. They couldn't believe it. The following year, that space above the Black Box Theater changed from prop to costume storage, and I became costume storage supervisor. Therefore, I spent a lot of time in that room working with the costume collection. One day, my assistant and I were reboxing some shoes and accessories. We had a ladder with scissors and packing tape and were building new boxes. There were about nine old boxes full of stuff we were inventorying, repacking, and moving to the back of the room. At one point, I reached up to the ladder step where my tape and scissors were, and the scissors were gone. Weird. My assistant was not using them, and they were nowhere to be found, even though we had been using them for the last two hours. So we just continued to rip the packing tape with our teeth and finish as quickly as possible. About 20 minutes passed, and I reached for the last full box of stuff. When I picked it up, my scissors were under the box. Like, what? We had not touched that box all day. Actually, we had not touched that box in like a week. I laughed and told her about the ghost who had given me a massage in that room a year prior. We continued to work, making new boxes, and I put the scissors back on the ladder. Ten minutes later, they were missing again. Out loud, I said, I love that you are playful and enjoy my company, but I just want to finish this project. If I walk away for a minute, can I please have my scissors back? So I walked away, moved a few boxes to the new spot, and when I came back, my scissors were resting on the ladder. Whenever I make it back to Beloit College, I make sure to get into the theater just so I can say hi to my friend, the playful theater ghost. How fun was that? <laughs> and if listeners, you couldn't tell, that was me reading Natalie's story. <laughs> that was wild. I'm really glad that the theater ghost is into like wellness massage oh yeah that's a ghost i can get behind right <laughs> i have a knot right now in my neck that i need some work done on <laughs> oh my gosh that is crazy though that's such a fun story and i might oh. not have said the college name right because i'm not from wisconsin but i tried Beloit. am i right okay. right yeah pretty close Beloit, yeah oh natalie i <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing those. I know when we did our first live stream, you were talking about some experiences that you had. I'm so freaking happy that you submitted those to us. That was awesome. 
Yeah. And I mean, we have a pretty good mix on this episode of like creepy things and funny things and like lighthearted things. Yeah. It's good to have that variety. You people delivered. Listeners, you delivered. You delivered. Oh, we could have not asked for a better combo. Thank you so much. (laughs) We did ask and we definitely received. So, Well, I think you're up next. Um, You have uh, Maddie's story. Yes. So this comes from our listener, Maddie, and her story is short, but creepy. So Maddie says, back in my 20s, I went to my sister-in-law Tanya's house to hang out with her. My other sister-in-law was there too. Tanya's brother had just passed away the week before. They were very close, and she had the radio on in the living room. The three of us were sitting at the kitchen table just talking. Another one bites the dust by Queen came on the radio. Tanya stopped talking and said, Ah, oh, this was my brother's favorite song. As soon as she said that, the volume on the radio went full blast and there was a huge flash of light that came from the living room like lightning and suddenly was gone. And the volume went right back down to where it was prior to that. The three of us were freaking out and we just sat at the kitchen table in silence until one of us said, what the hell was that? We couldn't explain the light. It wasn't storming outside and no one was in the living room to change the volume. Till this day, Tanya still thinks that it was her brother giving her a sign that he was okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty common, right? People get um confirmation from deceased loved ones and a lot of times it does come in the form of a a like a manipulation of some sort of electronic Mm -hmm. device like you hear about lights flickering and tv and radio and now even Mm -hmm. cell phones like people i've heard stories of people getting phone calls from the number of a deceased person i've heard that also that's and super creepy. It is really creepy to me. I have a, a I, I will talk about this when we get into our own personal tales at the end, but I do have a similar story of manipulation to share. Hmm. Let's see what's up end. next. Oh, okay. So the next one, I call it Silent Screaming Demon. And this is um, listener submitted by Draven. Thank you, Draven. Draven actually, Draven actually sent in a few. Which yes. I'm going to be sharing uh, two of them on this episode. And I'm saving the other one for a later date uh, for a specific reason. But uh, yeah, this next one is submitted by Draven. Hey guys, my name is Draven, Draven Wild Nightingale. And one of you guys asked me to send in testimonies and start adding my uh, stories to the, I guess, melting pot. So. If I were to label this under any specific, like, subject matter category, I would call it demons. Um, And the reason I want to share this one first is because it's a long enough story to fill in a few minutes. So, it all started back when I was 17 and a half years old. This was before legalization, so I was totally sober. I wasn't a drinker. I was a good kid, you know, and I just... um, I was actually a vegetarian at the time, so I was, you know, anything that I witnessed and experienced was happening and completely non-induced by any substances. So, um, basically, 
I lived in New Jersey at 17 and a half with an ex. And it all started with shadows under the threshold of the door where the light comes through. And it started with shadow walking by because it was our room, hallway, left, front door and bathroom, right, living room, other room, straight across from our room was the kitchen. Tiny little apartment, right? I mean, tinderbox tiny. And so, like, we would hear, like, and see footsteps and a shadow going from right to left. We would rush out, open the door, and look to see if his mom had gotten up and scurried to the bathroom and no one was there. And that's how it started. On 10-10-2010, we woke up to a very disturbing message left on a box written in red in Spanish, roughly translating to 10-10-2010, the plague has come. That was pretty creepy. That following night, I saw a handprint on the kitchen window straight ahead of our bedroom door. She opened it and walk out that wasn't there before. So I went out to get something to drink and I saw that handprint and I thought, okay, that's, that's weird. I turn around, I walk to the hallway, I approach the door and I freeze and I think, why do I get the sudden feeling that I am being watched? And I turn my head to the left and even just telling the story right now, I get goosebumps. And standing before me, this is like a 12 to 15 foot ceiling. This was before there were regulations, right? This was like an old, old apartment that was built during like Confederate times, you know, 13 colonies. This was way back, old, old place. That stuff's all over the East Coast. So this place was massive. And this thing, this, it was fleshy and faceless and lanky and tall. It looked like it was 10 to 12 feet tall. And all I remember thinking is, holy crap, there is a creature coming after me. And just as I was getting ready to run, this thing takes a step forward, reaches out with this long arm and hand, and its mouth opened up like it was getting ready to scream or it was screaming. And I don't know if you've heard of this uh, concept, but like, how, uh, you know, sometimes our ears cannot interpret the sounds and languages and voices of supernatural entities from different, you know, planes because our ears just can't interpret it. It's, it would like break our brain. So I didn't hear anything. It was silent. And that made sense to me. It literally, its mouth opened into this big black gaping hole, you know, and it literally lunged at me. So I ran into the bath uh, bathroom, ran into the bedroom, slammed the door, and I was like, dude, Asher, you're not going to believe what I just saw. There is a demon coming after me. And the really creepy part was I woke up with a bite mark on my leg that looked like a baby's mouth and like little teeth marks on my leg, right? And uh, Asher's mom had the same bite mark on her shoulder and a few days later we come out and they've boarded up the attic you know the crawl space and we're like what's going on and they looked at us and they basically said there's something in here and it's attacking us and they it, i mean that was just scary um so there you go encounter with the demon 
That was incredibly intense. I look forward to sharing more of this. <laughs> Your face well, this whole time. <laughs> I was going to say, no one can see our faces right now, but Draven, our mouths are open the whole time. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. So, that was creepy. A little, con- a little context, too. Draven is a pagan. Mm-hmm. So basically my understanding and just knowing him via like a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. he's experienced a lot of things. Like he's dabbled in different things that would maybe make him more open to having these experiences. And that's why I think he has so many of these experiences to share. Like, yeah. He's just tapped in to the darker place that I don't want to tap into. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's absolutely terrifying. And the fact that there was physical evidence and more than one person experienced it is, I just can't even. Kind of reminds me of like the Slender Man visual, like that idea of like that fleshy Mm -hmm. faceless. I mean, obviously that's a, what is it? Uh creepy pasta or creepy pasta but but still the idea the concept like mm-hmm. it's terrifying yeah yeah i agree i i would have uh let's just say needed a new pair of pants i would have been relocating sh- immediately yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'm out yeah. breaking this lace <laughs> bye yep yeah question is would i change my pants before i left <laughs> no or... i would just leave. <laughs> i'll get new pants <laughs> yeah don't look at me. I'm leaving. I mean, and you've oh. heard stories of that happening before. Wasn't it the people yeah. that lived in the um, Amityville house that just like literally mm-hmm. left all their shit? They just left yeah. the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't bring I anything. wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't want to take anything with me that was in the house because you never know what might attach itself uh-huh. to something. And just hitch right. a ride. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, thanks. Mm. Ugh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I have chills. Yeah, that one was really super creepy. Yeah. It's one thing to, like, have an intelligent kind of haunting, like, with Natalie's theater ghosts. I mean, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's playful. Um, You know, you get some residual stuff, like Jen's experience was probably maybe a residual something she was tapping into. But when you're dealing mm-hmm. with demons. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. It's going to be a no from me. <laughs> Would not recommend. Yep. <laughs> just going to say Airbnb uh, property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm just going to say uh, negative energy is not allowed. Yep. Not allowed. So this next one was also listener submitted. It's I'm kind of reading her email, which when she sent in the story, I don't think it was intended for the purpose of it being recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just more like she just wanted to share this story with me. It was prompted by an old photo that I had posted or someone in my family had posted. Um, And we just got talking about the idea of like old photographs. And I have this thing, you know, sometimes if you're a thrifter like me or you like to go to flea markets and things like that, sometimes they'll just have these old photos displayed. And I Mm -hmm. just have very mixed feelings about that. Sometimes it makes me feel really sad because it's like, you know, these were so having photos done back then was a big deal. Like it Mm -hmm. was not something 
like it is today. You know, it wasn't easy to do. Like it was mm-hmm. probably expensive. Like it was a, a event that took some time to like even accomplish getting the photo taken. Yeah. And so when I see them sitting in these shops, a part of me is really sad to think about their lives and the fact that this photo is now just sitting in a store somewhere and it makes me compelled to want to buy them because I'm like, (laughs) I want to like, want for them to have an appreciation and have Mm -hmm. a home. And so, but then there's another part is like, Oh, is that creepy? Like, is that, is there a possibility I could bring something home with me? So I don't know. Yeah. So Jennifer's story, I call this the blackened photo album. And I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just reading it as she submitted it. I'm not making a lot of changes. So, you know, just keep, I guess, keep that in mind. So her account says, I was at a thrift store downstairs where they kept the crap in quotes. (laughs) By the way, the place was haunted. I came across three photo albums that looked like they had been in a fire. Inside were photos that dated back centuries ago, at least. I was so fascinated by the photos, and then I came across an album of the dead. So I'm assuming these were post-mortem photos. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because she says, my heart broke and then rejoiced. And I think she had a similar, that's kind of why she shared this with me, is she kind of has a similar idea about the old photos, like, you know, wanting to give them, I guess, respect and like appreciation. Um, she said in one of the photos, there was a man lying down and he was wearing a top hat and there were other people in the thrift store that were kind of working like she was. And she said, she, um, as I crossed the hall where the TVs were, I saw something. I thought it was a fellow person, but the figure walked by and tipped his top hat. So basically this man that she had seen in the photo walked by and tipped his top hat at her. Uh, And she said, I always went back to the albums that I hid, hoping to see someone else in their, I guess, apparition form. She said that her last day at the thrift store, the albums were gone and someone had thrown them out. But she said for a moment in time, I was glad to be a part of their lives. Oh, Thank you, Jennifer, for submitting that. We didn't we didn't say that right away because we were kind of I was in suspense to see where this story was going. That is that is so weird. Can you imagine looking at a photograph, especially an older one that's already a little creepy and being like, okay, and then go about your day and boom. Then you see the person Mm -hmm. that was in the photo. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Uh, At least. At least she was at work, you know, because if that would have been like at home. Yeah, (laughs) it's a little more creepy when it's in your personal space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This next one is also a listener submitted story. It's a voice recording and comes from Steven. And I call this one a little too friendly ghost. (laughs) Oh, no. You ready for this? Yes. Here we go. Hey there, ladies. Uh, Big fan of the show. Uh, Keep up the great work. Keep the episodes coming. I thought I'd share my story with you. So uh, my story um, takes place in Los Angeles, where I'm uh, originally from. Uh, When I was in high school and college, I was a house sitter. 
uh, for people's homes when they traveled and then taking care of their pets. It was a bunch of clients that my sister had, my older sister, and she passed them down to me as her career started taking off. So it was kind of a great gig, especially for somebody in high school. You know, you get your own house for a week uh, while people are away. So it was great. Uh, this particular house, uh, house sat for a number of years, stayed there multiple times. It was for a woman named Sylvia. Uh, it was local in Venice uh, Beach, California, where I had grown up mainly, and it was actually a friend of my aunt's that I was uh, referred to. So uh, Sylvia had an assistant who normally house sat for her and her two dogs uh, when she traveled for work, but then her assistant left, and so she needed somebody. My aunt had mentioned to her, because um, it was a friend of my aunt's, my aunt mentioned to her, oh, my nephew, he house sits, uh, I can give you his number. So I went over to Sylvia's house, met her, met the dogs, got the setup uh, for the job, got keys, uh, pretty straightforward. She was very nice. And a day or two later, I talked to my aunt. My aunt said, how did it go meeting with Sylvia? And I said, oh, it went great. She was really nice. Uh, house is really great. The dogs are friendly. It's going to be great working with her. And my aunt goes, well, how do you feel about it? And I said, well, well good. She's really nice. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's easy. It's not too far from here, so easy to get to. And my aunt goes, well, are you afraid? And I was like, no, why would I be afraid? And she goes, oh, she didn't tell you. And I said, tell me what? And so my aunt went on to tell me that in this house that Sylvia lived in, before uh, she'd lived there, there was an elderly woman who lived there alone. And she actually, the story was that this uh, woman's ghost was still there in the house. And she did not like men uh, for some reason. And I asked what that meant. And she had said that when men were in the house, because uh, Sylvia lived there with just her two dogs and her daughter. Uh, so there was no man who lived there. but. Whenever male uh, guests came over, that the ghost would sometimes throw small objects at men. Or if a man was watching TV or listening to the radio, the ghost would change the channel or the station. It was something that happened regularly. Apparently, my uncle had something thrown at him. He was over there doing some fence and yard work for Sylvia at some point. So I wasn't really sure how I felt, but, you know, decided to go for it uh, anyways. Uh, I had kind of a couple rules that I kind of made up on my own. Uh, I tried uh, staying there. I usually tried not to stay there alone. I usually invited a friend over to spend the night. So I was rarely there alone. And then also kind of my thing was not talking about the ghost while we were in the house. So I would tell friends ahead of time. Um, and I would say, let's not talk about it in the house. When we take the dogs for walks or we leave, we can talk and about whatever we want. But when we're in the house, I really just don't want to reference the ghost. Um, and then also kind of a routine that I normally had there, whether if I was alone or with a friend, I would typically be in the living room watching TV up to the point of being completely exhausted and like basically falling asleep. Then I would go to the bedroom and just fall asleep immediately. I usually wouldn't hang out in the bedroom um, for some reason. I don't know why the living room just felt more comfortable. Um, so with that being said, the ghost, you know, who reportedly doesn't like men, never really did anything to me. Nothing, TV was never changed. Nothing was thrown at me. I never really experienced anything um, that I had heard of before. Uh, the only thing that kind of was interesting and stood out to me was I often felt like I was being watched. You know how like when somebody's looking at you from behind or the side, you kind of can feel it. Um, and you would turn to that individual. I felt that often in this house, particularly in two locations of the house. When I was in the kitchen doing dishes, I often felt from the kitchen door, somebody was watching me. And then also when I was in the shower, I felt like I was being watched. 
the only the interesting thing about that the only two things those places have in common is the water uh i wrote the shower off as you know that's just where you feel the most vulnerable you know you're naked it's you're soaked up you have your eyes closed often so i just kind of wrote that off as that's what that experience was so in addition to being uh watched or the feeling of being watched um there was an evening where i had a friend of mine uh my friend george he came over and spent the night with me i told him ahead of time about the ghost um so we had talked before entering the house uh, i think we ended up just kind of i think we ordered pizza watched a movie just kind of we're hanging out in the living room um eventually when we we're ready for bed i had him set up on the couch you know pillow and blanket and i was going to go off into the bedroom uh so we said good night i went off and went to bed uh, i was lying in bed and as i was kind of like falling asleep and um throughout the night i kept hearing george like get up i would hear him going to the bathroom i would hear him like walk around the living room i would hear him in the kitchen i just assumed you know maybe he's getting up to eat or he's watching tv just hanging out so didn't really think much of it uh the next morning after we had left i asked him how the night went you know up with the ghost and just how it was and he said oh it's fine you know i didn't really i didn't really experience anything um and i said oh okay you know just cuz i noticed that you were up i heard you a lot you know in the bathroom living room and kitchen and he goes I didn't get up once I lied here just terrified until I fell asleep he said I heard you walking around the bedroom and the hallway I heard you up a lot and I said I didn't get out of bed once so that was an interesting evening because we had both were hearing a lot of movement in the house but neither one of us had gotten up from where we were laying so that was an interesting evening um that we both kind of experienced there uh I don't think he ever came back to stay with me um in that house and uh so that was kind of one event now the last event that occurred uh before I ended up uh it was ended up being my last time staying there I decided I never wanted to stay there again it just wasn't something that I wanted to do but It was a normal evening just like any other but this time I was alone as one of the nights I was alone nobody had come with me or was available that night so I had a normal quiet night watching TV went to bed um now what was interesting was when I woke up in the morning I woke up in the morning and I uh was facing I was on my back looking up at the ceiling now when I sleep in a bed uh, no matter how big the bed is for some reason I always sleep on one side of the bed I don't sleep in the middle I just am a side sleeper on the edge So I woke up uh lying on my back on one side of the bed and in the corner of my eye and I can't see well cuz I don't have my glasses on but in the corner of my eye there is somebody lying next to me. I can see them lying there with their head on the pillow. I can see the blanket raised where their body would be and I was just frozen uh not really knowing what to do. There was something like in my brain I was trying I was just telling myself just turn your head to the left and look and see see what's there it's probably just a pillow it's probably just a blanket there's no way there's somebody lying next to you uh so that was my brain trying to talk myself out of whatever i thought i was experiencing but there was something in my gut that was saying do not look do not turn your head because if you do and you acknowledge it and it's real and it's there it's just going to be something there was just something in my gut that was telling me not to look at it I lied there for about a minute or two just frozen and kind of contemplating how I felt and what I thought and what I was going to do. I did uh, after a minute or two I quickly turned to my right 
uh, grabbed my keys, phone, my wallet, my shoes, and I just left the bedroom. I left the house. I completely just had to get out of there. Um, a couple hours later, I did come back to the house to come get the dogs breakfast and to get them on a walk. I eventually did go into the bedroom to take a look and, you know, I could see where I was sleeping and where I had kind of messed up the blankets. On the other side, there was nothing there. There was no pillows. There was no extra blanket. There was nothing that kind of a lump that would have explained what, what I was lying to when I woke up earlier that morning. Um, just nothing there. So it seemed normal. So I had got the kind of feeling that this ghost after a number of years a number of visits she eventually had, had gotten comfortable with me and decided to sleep with me that night next to me or wake up next to me in the morning and uh, for some reason although she never did anything with malice to me I just decided I didn't want to build on that and spend more time getting comfortable with her so that's my story uh, and I never went back to that house uh... Thank you, Stephen, for sharing your story. <laughs> but, oh my no. gosh. <laughs> if listeners could only have seen our faces during that, like I know there were so many times you wanted to like make a comment. Let's just unpack this uh-huh. now. Yeah. I was laughing really hard at the, usually I would feel something like I was being watched and doing the dishes or in the shower. And I'm like, she was feeling that. She was Ghost like, dude, girly. I've never seen a man do dishes before. I'm into uh-huh. that. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame her. I can't blame nope. her. Anytime, nope. you know, my boyfriend is like, you know, he has a day off or something. I come home from work. I'm like, oh, what did you do today? I mowed the lawn. Oh, okay. Oh, what else? Oh, <laughs> I I, I uh, did the dishes and uh, started prepping for supper. I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, this you know, lady, she, she had a problem with... Talk. She probably had some bad experiences with men. And then this person mm-hmm. comes in and she's like, this is unusual. Like, I've never experienced a man, you know, yeah, acting like that. And I think she got a little flirty and she's like, I'm just going to crawl in bed next to him. Let's just right? see what she's this is like, about. I could get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a flirty elderly ghost. Who knew? <laughs> get it, ghost girly. Get it. But the whole bit about him laying down, I was like, oh my gosh. So creepy. Yeah. I like that. Oh, that was a really good story. Thank you, Stephen, for was. submitting that. That was a really yes, long story, which was incredible. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Well, the next one that I have for you, I'm just going to kind of tell you an account um, that was shared with me. I call this one The Woman in White. And this happened locally. It's in the same area that I currently live in. And it was told to me just in conversation with um, my brother-in-law. And he is someone who, if you knew him, you would know that he's somebody that does not make up stories. Like he's very just, he's a country guy and just really like matter of fact. And Mm -hmm. the story basically said, he said that he was like in his 20s. And he was driving down this one highway that connects these two towns. And it was late at night. And there's this one section of the road that's kind of a dangerous spot. It has like a pretty nice sharp curve. Mm. And he said he was driving. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the road, a woman was standing 
in a white dress and he like full out slammed on the brakes because this woman just appeared out of nowhere and he's like oh my god i just i hit this woman he said he like slammed on the brakes like tires were screeching like he turned to look behind him all that he said he literally thought that he killed someone um and so he ended up turning around on the road to go back you know to kind of see like what the hell had happened Mm -hmm. and when he went back there was no one there and there have been a couple fatalities on that spot that curve so the only thing that i can think is that maybe you know it's somehow connected to one of those accidents that happened um Mm -hmm. but yeah he's he's like i legitimately thought that i killed someone and there was no one there oh that's so creepy and then to go back get out of your car and look to find nothing i would have bolted it back into the car and been like uh peace i'm out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be terrifying Mm. i wouldn't be safe to drive after that i would be so scared i would not probably be i'd have to like go ahead and park somewhere and just like sit for a few minutes because Mm -hmm. it would be dangerous for me because i'd be in such a panic Uh, Um, i'm I'm just like in constant goosebump mode here (laughs) some good stories this next one is a recorded story too Maybe we should save this one till the end. Do you have any other like personal stories that you want to share before we do our last uh, I have recorded personal stories? Yeah. Care to yeah, share? Yeah, let's let's save that one. I have 3. Oh, okay. And I'm going to I'm going to tell yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm going to tell them in chronological order. So this the first one I'm going to tell you was when I was in college. I was like a sophomore or junior in college. And it was my very first place that I rented from. And it was my friend at the time, her dad owned the property and was the rental manager. And there were several of us that lived in this house. I was the only one that had a bedroom on the first floor. And when I moved in, her dad, and I I thought he was joking, just to kind of rile me up because he was that kind of guy. But um, he said, well, um, you know, there was an older lady that passed away in here. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> just one of those things. Where, okay. You know, and he he did, you know, they, they kind of mentioned like, oh, there have been, you know, like a couple things that happened, but, you know, nothing, no worries. I didn't experience things right away. And I, I still kind of thought like, okay, just trying to get a rise out of me. Well, I moved in in the summer and my first experience happened in the fall. I woke up early to go to school in the mornings and my bedroom was just off the living room and the living room had a door to the outside. And this particular morning that I woke up, I came out into the living room and the front door was wide open. Now there's a screen door and then there's the actual door. And the actual door was open. The screen door was shut. So I thought that because one of a couple of my roommates at the time worked nights. And I thought hey, they probably left it open, you know, or something. And if they didn't, you know, maybe they left it unlocked and the wind like pushed it open or something. Even though there was a screen door there, that, that was just my mentality. So I asked my roommates that worked the night shift 
you know, asked, you know, did you come through that door last night? You left it open. It was unlocked, like wide open. Like anybody could have come in here. And they said, no, we came through the back door. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm like, whatever. They're just like trying to do like pick on me or something. Right. Because I was a new member in the house. Well, this brings us into now it's winter. And one of my roommates is sitting at the kitchen table while I'm cooking dinner. And we're talking. And from where he's sitting and where I'm in my peripheral, the kitchen is attached to like the hallway that leads to the living room. And the living room didn't have a light on. So it was just the kitchen light that was on. So it was completely dark in that area. And we're talking and I'm looking at him. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I just see the front door open slowly. And it goes all the way open. And the reason why it caught my attention so much is because there were no lights on. It was dark in the house. But the light and the snow, the whiteness of outside was like, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, kind of like a Scooby-Doo moment. I was just kind of like nodding along with him like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I like tapped him on the shoulder and I like pointed with my finger to like look over (laughs) here. Yeah. And he looked and he like looked back at me and he's like, was that open before? And I'm like, no, it just happened. I just watched it happen because. Oh, I got Uh huh. And everybody in the house kind of like joked about it because they thought so I thought they were lying to me and like trying to, you know, play tricks on me. But they thought that I was lying to them about all this Mm -hmm. until this event happened. And he's like, I don't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) Me either. Yeah. Well, and especially since not only is it creepy as fuck, but also there's like the risk of like, you're leaving the front door open. Anybody on the street could see that and like come in. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. Well, about a, it was a couple weeks before I moved out. So this would have been that spring then. I had all of my boxes in my room kind of stacked on each other. And I was sitting in bed reading a book. And that I, I was like, I'm glad I'm leaving because this is this is too much. But uh, I was laying in bed reading my book. And I was facing the rest of my room. And just above where my vision was cut off by the book, I didn't notice it before. So I don't know what the heck. But there was like this black mass type thing like shadow or something that kind of resembled a cat that was sitting on top of one of my boxes and it like jumped off like a cat would and the box like on top of the box where it was sitting shifted off of the box and fell on the ground spilling the contents out and so whatever it was a physical manipulation of yeah 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 and it was solidly on top of the other box. There was no way that something could have just like shifted to make that happen. It was solidly on the box. And I was like, how about that? Either I've been reading too long and I'm fucking tired and need to go to bed. Or, you know, this is just another reason why I'm ready to leave. <laughs> so that house was really, really creepy for those things that happen. The... Second thing that happened 
was just a couple years ago. I lived in my own apartment in downtown Eau Claire. And, you know, the holidays are kind of an emotional time anyway for a lot of people. You're remembering the past, the people you've lost and stuff. And I was setting up my Christmas decorations and I have a little little music box thing, but it's these two little mice ice skating together and it's on a magnet on a glass with a little snowman and it, it plays Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, you know, and my grandma wrote on the bottom of it. And she said, love you very much, you know, from grandma to you, you know. Um, so, you know, just kind of emotional for listeners that don't know. I don't have any grandmas left. Um, my gram- my grandma's meant a lot to me. So there's a very personal connection. And, you know, I always get a little more depressed around the holidays. And I don't know, for some stupid reason, I, I was having a moment and I... Anytime I take that out of the box every year, I wind it up and I let it play, you know, when I set it up and I listen to it and it stopped playing and that's when I get fucking sappy and I was, I just thought like, if they're here right now and they're, they're watching me and, you know, they're looking down and, you know, just let that thing just make one more sound, just one more twinkle, you know, and it didn't happen. And I just was like, you, you know, and then I'm like, oh, yep, here comes the crying and, you know, whatever, you know, emotional Christmas. But um, a week later, to the day I put my Christmas stuff out, my boyfriend was over and we were watching a movie. And this, where I had set up the music box was like where no one is. There's no interference of any kind. It's just sitting there, not being tampered with at all. And we're sitting there watching like an action movie, you know, and the volume's not on very loud, nothing. We're just sitting there casually. That freaking music box twinkled one more freaking time. <laughs> and I, I like went, you know, like, what? You know, and I like looked over at it and I was like, did you hear that? And my boyfriend's like, Yes. You know, it didn't mean anything to him. Right. And right. I'm over here, like, trying not to cry and being like, oh, you know, like, Christmas miracle, you know. But, I mean, that that got me good, you know. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, so that was the other one. And then the most recent one that I had was actually this summer at my friend's house. And I won't name names or where it was. Uh, for their confidentiality. I like but this one. I think this one I know. I think you told me this you one. You do, because I, I've, I've panicked until I was like, you know what just fucking happened to me? <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. So we went floating that day, and my friends invited me back to their house for a bonfire afterwards. And they have a really cute little backyard, and... Uh, my one friend that was getting the fire together was out there getting stuff up. And it was just him and I, because you know, my boyfriend and my other friend were in the house getting uh, drinks and stuff. And I'm just like looking around their backyard, you know, and they have a garden shed that's not very far from the fire pit. A really cute little thing, you know, and I'm going to preface this. It was 
shut with no lights on this garden shed i'm just looking around and i'm like hey like you guys did a really great job with this you know you, you guys are rocking this your yard is beautiful you know and he's like oh oh thank you thank you well he went in then to go to the bathroom and that's when my boyfriend and my other friend came out and we were sitting around the fire now where i'm sitting on my right hand side is where my friend sat down and so when i look at her i can see the shed my boyfriend was sitting on my left hand side and he was when I looked at him, I was facing the house. We're just chatting, sitting around the fireplace, and I'm looking at my friend. She's talking, and then my boyfriend mentioned something. I look over at him, and in that time frame, it was not even like 10 seconds. It was very quick. So when my friend started talking again, I look over at her, and I'm immediately drawn to the fact that the shed light is on and the shed door is wide open and I'm looking around going okay where is he you know where's my friend's husband and I'm like and I I asked my friend I was like hey is he did he come back out and she's like no he's inside going to the bathroom and I was like that's what I thought and I was like um I'm just gonna let you know that the shed door and the light are on and she goes oh he probably left it open I was like no that was shut up and the light was off So, and then I'm thinking like, okay, on one side of the house, you know, maybe somebody from the street like snuck in on that side quietly along the fence line and like got in there and this was going to be like the start of like a horror movie or something like that. (laughs) And she she goes, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And then she gets up and goes into the freaking shed. I'm like, please don't do that. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. There's a dude hiding in there with a hatchet. Yeah. So I'm watching her the whole time and she's like, no, there's nothing in here. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, like, don't say that. Suddenly the door shuts or whatever. That's what I was picturing. And I look at my boyfriend. I was like, you saw that, right? You saw that that door was shut and that light was off, right? And he goes, uh, I guess. I was like, no, not you guess. You need to give me like an actual answer. (laughs) Confirmation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I was like, no, I'm not not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, that that fucking thing was shut, you know, And, and so she comes out and she doesn't sit down. She's just like, oh, I, I kind of have to go to the bathroom now, too. And so, you know, we're waiting for her husband to come back out also. So I'm just, you know, sitting there like, I'm just going to not acknowledge that that even happened. You know, she got everything shut up again and closed the door. She wasn't even in the house for five minutes. And I was looking at my boyfriend talking to him. And then I was like looking at the fire, whatever, just chatting. And all of a sudden, I felt this like whooshing feeling, like a pressure. Like when you sit down in a car and the car door gets slammed next to you, that pressure change. I felt that come up like by my face and by my ear and it actually felt like my ear was boxed. I couldn't hear out of it. And I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. So I was just like, hey, you know. We should go in and check on him. You know, let's just let's just go in and check on him. He goes, okay. I'm like, let's just go in. And you know, at that point, we we decided to call it a night. I was like, yeah, you know, it's been a really fun day. Uh, got a big day tomorrow. Time to go. I, yeah, and I keep like like looking out at the fire, like okay, you know. 
And so we said goodnight and we left. And on the way home, and I waited until we were like halfway home. And I was like, you saw the that. Coast. Till the coast yeah. is clear. Like, yeah, exactly. can't talk about it for at least yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So just like, ha oh, oh, let's turn the radio on. And then I was like, okay. And I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, dude, you did see the garden shed being completely shut up with the light off. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and then you saw the fact that the door was open and the light was on. And he's like, yeah, I guess. I was like, not a guess. Like, did you or did you not? And then I told him about that whole, like, whatever the frick that was and he's like for real and i was like yep that's exactly why i was like let's go inside because i've never experienced anything like that before it was it's still creepy and i told my friend about it i saw her uh at the beginning of this month and i was i just said hey because she's had she did catch something on a camera once on their back porch but I, I, you know, they don't really talk about that kind of stuff. So I was just like, if you, you know, ever kind of witness anything in the shed or, you know, and she's like, no. And I was like, okay. Cause, and then I, I did finally tell her about what happened after they both were in the house. And she's like, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, okay. None of you have had that. That's fun. <laughs> and I was like, it, it might be a little bit before I come back to your house and just go chill in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Something was making itself known <sighs> to you specifically, it seems uh-huh. like. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Enjoy the Creepy. beautiful yard they've created because it's gorgeous. Just relax back there. <laughs> just stay there. My gosh. Whew. Well, we have one more listener tale. Yes. This one is from Draven again. Uh, this one's, I don't know that I've shared this one with you yet. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I'm excited. So, here we go. Hey, hey, guys. It is Draven again. And I just wanted to share a little ghost story with you guys. It's not like a super long ghost story, but it's impactful because of how it went down so I know my last recording was about the unknown entity the demon in New Jersey this is also in New Jersey so let's label this New Jersey ghost encounter instead of demon encounter so I had an argument with an ex right went outside for a walk like a dork in the middle of the night all alone (laughs) in New Jersey in West New York, New Jersey if you don't know where that is it's literally on the Hudson Bay blocks up from the Hudson Bay everything's bought out you know, by like the mafia and the cops are bought out I mean, it is just a a no man's land there (laughs) so, as you can imagine There was a whole lot of energy. You know what I mean? Like, not just the unliving energy, but the living energy is just so chaotic in some of those areas on the East Coast. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So, I went outside in the middle of the night, and I'm walking down the road, and someone started following me. And, of course, 
me being, you know, trained in self-defense, I naturally got on the phone, pretended to call someone, and, you know, walk off. Well, eventually the person disappeared. They weren't there. I just assumed that maybe they gave up or they weren't interested in me. And I turned the corner to the left, and I saw a church. Now, I am not a Christian. I have lots of Christian family. Um, but I'm not personally Christian, but I, it, you know, it's something that I'm relatively, you know, versed in. So I wanted to go sit on the church steps to think. And I remember out of the corner of my eye thinking to myself, why do I feel like I'm being watched? And I'm not even kidding. I look over as I'm sitting on the steps to the left under an amber, old school, amber colored streetlight is standing an old dead man. Not even kidding you. Dark circles under his eyes, skin like deceased, starting to like necrotic tissue, like hanging off his face. And, like, he was even wearing a suit. The suit he was probably buried in. Now, what creeped me out about this encounter was I looked away. And I remember thinking to myself, if you look back and that ghost is still there, that's a problem. (laughs) And so I remember looking away and then calmly looking back to the left under that street lamp, and he was still standing there. You guys, that sent chills so far down my spine, because let me tell you, I have ran into a lot of ghosts and supernatural just encounters in my life. I'm a pagan, that's just like par for the course. And so, this was the first time I had seen a ghost, looked away, looked back, and it was still there. You know, the whole shut your eyes and reopen them and it'll be gone thing? Yeah, that didn't happen. Scared the crap out of me. (laughs) So anyways, that's just a cute little ghost story. I got plenty more where that came from. In fact, I still have a hellhound story I'd like to send you guys, so I will send that one in next time. All right, I will talk to you guys later. Draven, you fucking rock. Seriously, I have to put that out there, but also, holy shit. Draven's got some stories. Oh, he's helped. Shit. I don't know if I've told you this, but he's helped with profiling serial killers. You've told me that. That is so <laughs> freaking awesome. Oh my gosh. Seriously, I he 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 has like the pants shitter stories today. Like, <laughs> I don't know that I would want to be a pagan. I feel like I would not want to oh, see that stuff. No. Oh my gosh, and the fact that you know being alone and see well looking away and it still being there when you look back. Like, uh huh. People that are dabbling in the kind of the darker realms, you mm-hmm. know, so to speak, and kind of tapping into that you're like a magnet like they see you they know Mm -hmm. you're looking in there like they see you and they Mm -hmm. come to find you and oh 
I think the moral out of these stories from him is stay the fuck out of New Jersey. Also, <laughs> don't, don't live in New Jersey. Sorry for the people who live in New Jersey Sorry, who listen. New but, um... I, but also, I totally get what he means. Um, just like on the East Coast and having so much rich history involved in that area in the times that I have been there, it definitely feels different there than it does oh, in the definitely. Midwest. There, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of tragedy and history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so rightfully so, these yeah. places would be more hotspots for activity. And like, just right? think about the mob, the mafia, yeah. all the crime oh. that happens there. And-, and that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, what if that was just like a, hey, you know, maybe this thing was like, maybe this was a victim that got dumped. Yeah, that was and my he's thought, just, too. Yeah, like, and he's just kind of like, hey, uh, want to help me out here? Uh, I'd like some closure, please. You know? Um, he's wearing a suit. Wearing his a face suit. is falling off. He probably <laughs> was in the Hudson. I don't know how close that was to the Hudson, but uh, who knows? Fairly close, it sounded like, from what Dragon yeah. was saying in the beginning of the story. Yeah, because when I think about someone's face falling off, I'm like, they were probably in water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I get that like that impression but um right yeah whoa what a oh my god spectacular spectral spectacular spooky episode you guys freaking delivered <laughs> killed it it killed it i okay just as a context as you know we record things earlier and this is a fine august morning and i have the fucking chills and it is swamp ass summer so you did a great job i'm glad we didn't do this at night it was i'm (laughs) glad this wasn't our last recording and then i was like bye i'm gonna go be in my apartment alone now yep and try to (laughs) sleep this you know yeah exactly oh i think we're gonna i think we're gonna do the uh patreon history of sex toys next just so lighten it up (laughs) a little bit lighten the mood a little bit yeah because uh, negative energy is not allowed yeah, yeah negative energy is not allowed here not allowed get that nasty ass out of here <laughs> not allowed oh my gosh this was a wild freaking ride so much fun it was fun listeners and- please keep sending in your yes. stories and we will add this to our rotation it doesn't have to be in october or halloween like we can just have a spooky segment that we do yes and you know i know we focused on ghosts and the like today but this could be anything this could be uaps this could be creepy encounters with creepy people i mean this could be creepy cryptids it could be literally anything yes and going off i I know draven you mentioned this at the end of this last story about your story about the hellhounds i am freaking excited to hear that tale we are saving that Mm -hmm. and we keep teasing you about this but we are saving it for our origin story episode yeah because there's a really weird (laughs) weird shit going on with that and how hallie and i got started with this podcast we connected over creepy cryptids yes essentially and creepy experiences so stay tuned for that that will be coming for x our x episode Mm -hmm. and listeners um 
it is spooky season mm-hmm. where this falls in the lineup i don't exactly remember but what we do have for spooky season we have five episodes including this one that we're dropping we've got oh for Ouijin cursed objects we've mm-hmm. got the possession episode we've got the interview with the ordained priest the exorcism expose Mm-hmm. And then another bonus episode that will drop on Halloween about Halloween horrors. So actual yes. events that took place on or around Halloween. So we mm-hmm. are coming for you people. Yeah. We are treating you right this spooky get, season. Get that <laughs> button finger ready. Just play. Listen to the next one. Play. Listen to the yes. next one. Play. Listen to the next one. Keep it going. Binge it. As we know that once Owen and his wife did on their road trip, we still think about you, Owen and Owen's wife. I still don't know <laughs> your name, Owen's wife, but we still think about you and appreciate you when we think about that. People binge us. I don't know how you make it without being insane sometimes listening to my voice, being all weird, but you know, we appreciate you. <laughs> we and love you. We freaking love you. We love you so much. We won't be doing this if it weren't for you. And we have a teeny tiny favor to ask if that's okay. We would really like <laughs> it if you rate and review. Just, just you know, tell a friend. You know, yeah. Um, Share the listens because that's yeah. probably that and reviewing are probably the top two things that can help the podcast grow. Yes, um, because we, you know you sh- you share with one person yeah. essentially that doubles our listenership. Yep. Exactly. And that that helps us out and it helps us to continue doing what we're doing. And if you want a little bit more, we do have a Patreon account now. And we do have weird over there. Oh it definitely does. Uh (laughs) listener discretion is advised over there and uh not just for the macabre topics, if you know what I mean. Uh it's pretty explicit. (laughs) It it does. Just a wee bit. And if if you're someone who allows your little ones, your younger ones do to be, yeah, don't no, listen. Do no, Mm-mm. don't let them listen to the Patreon. No. Um, we we do highly recommend that you are advised about how weird it gets over there. It's weirder mm-hmm. than here. <laughs> yep. But uh, we we have been told by our Patreon members that it is worth it, and they laugh a lot. A so lot. That, that's fine. I've had a few people say they've uh, ruined a couple of work keyboards (laughs) which i don't know why people are maybe i mean as long as you have earphones in or earbuds or whatever i guess yeah that's good that's highly recommended but uh (laughs) two separate listeners messaged in the private facebook group and said i literally just spit across my keyboard and i think it was within a 24-hour period so it must have been that episode that just came out yeah but in any event listeners it's been real it's been real spooky yes stay safe out there yes and also have fun it is spooky season after all have some candy watch share some uh, spooky stories share some uh photos on the facebook groups we'd love to see your costumes yeah i would love that it'd be incredible i think i'm gonna post my favorite just for funsies do it and uh We'll see you next time. Bye, friends.